0: Welcome to the Underground Podcast, a weekly teaching from the 20th service at Second Baptist Church in Houston, Texas. Stay tuned for ways to connect with our ministry following the message. Now let me ask you a question. Let's talk about the mirror for just a second. If you looked into a mirror, symbolically, not physically, if you looked into a mirror, are you happy with what you see in your life? Your maturity, your walk with the Lord, the way you talk, the way you act, then it would be physical? How do you feel? Because here's the thing. If you don't like what you see in the mirror, why would you make someone look at that for the rest of their life? Is that too soon? That's, that's for the, for the, <laughs> you might not want to do it for all these people. Or all the potential, just anyway. That's, that's a good statement though. Think about that. That's not a point because I just thought of it. Think about it. If you don't like what you see in the mirror, we're probably not ready to start sitting across from someone just yet. So that's what last week and this week are all about. So if you missed last week, no problem. You can catch it online a little bit later. But we're doing this series and we're calling it Bay Watch because it's awkward and uncomfortable, and people are already calling me, going, hey, what, what is that thing you're doing over there with those young people? It sounds a little sketch. Well, it's all right, don't worry. But Bay actually stands for what? Anybody remember? Before anyone else. Before anyone else, okay, if you didn't know that, now you know, just pretend like you did. What talking about here is your human relationship, okay, because God comes first, foremost, period, hands down, no question about that. We'll circle back on that tonight as well. But really what we're talking about in human relationships, you're talking about your before anyone else. That would ultimately be the person that you're going to marry. Your, your spouse, your soon-to-be spouse is going to be the most intimate human relationship you will ever have, period, Okay, and so before we're ready to step into a lifelong commitment, we've got to do a little work in the mirror. All right, so let's jump in. Now, recapping a couple things, okay? Now, last week, we just started the story. We inched through a few verses, and what we saw was a family moved, okay, from Bethlehem over to Moab. Why? Because of a famine. There was a famine going on, and so they moved to Moab to try to get some food, to try to re- calibrate, if you will, as a family and to get some things right. The problem with Moab is Moab is what we would call a godless city, a godless area, a godless people. They worship other gods. Uh, in fact, human sacrifice down the line had been part of their rituals, okay? So they're worshiping, a, we'll just say demon worship. They also, though, they come from a line of incest. This this line of Moab's so or the Moabites, come from a relationship with Lot and his daughter, that then birthed this line, and so this this whole area and the people in it were just seen as godless, and so the fact that this family would leave their place of Bethlehem and they would go to this godless city was a real alarm in biblical terms, and for us, we use that to help navigate some things going on in our own life, how we've been approaching relationships, how we've been looking at ourselves, how we've been thinking about different things, and so this family's made the move, and then if you remember, at the very end, something happened, you remember what happened? All the men died. All the men died. The father and the two sons all died. So we have three men have disappeared from the family. And what's left? You have a mother and two daughters-in-laws that are left without husbands. Okay, so this is a tragic story. But the beauty of this whole book is that we're gonna watch God's sovereignty, even in the situations that seem tragic, seem scary, don't seem to make sense. God's gonna use them for his glory. And so let's pick up, I want to look at chapter 1, verse 11. This is Naomi, who is the mother, speaking to her two now daughter-in-laws. Her sons are dead, speaking to the daughter-in-laws. This is what she says. This will set us up for tonight. Naomi, the mother, said, "'Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband.'" If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night, and you should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter for me to me, for your sake, that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and they wept again. And Orpah, who's one of the daughters, kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth clung to her. Okay, now quickly, let's just what she's saying is. I want to help you, I'd love to stay with you, but as far as providing sons for you to potentially marry, there's nothing else I can do. And she uses so even if I had a son today, would you wait your whole life to marry him? And all of us would probably say no. Okay, so we're moving, that's what she's saying. She's saying, you've got to move on. You've got to go or stay here while I go back to Bethlehem. That's what she wants. Now let's continue reading, and this is where we're going to camp out and pull out a few points that are going to be helpful for us. Verse 15, and she said, Ruth clung to her and she said, See, your sister-in-law, Naomi speaking, has gone back to her people and to her gods. That's important. Return after your sister-in-law. Verse 16, but Ruth said, you may recognize these words, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said, no more. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they got to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. That's where we're going to camp out. Okay? So Ruth makes this very bold, very serious statement that she wants to walk with Naomi in these coming days. Okay. Now, what's interesting, this is just a little side note, is there are a lot of people that when they do weddings, they will actually use some of the terminology that she used here in describing that kind of a commitment to walk with and to stay with. Now, here's what I want to do with these verses. I want to pull out really four points that I think will be helpful. And we're, just think of this as kind of one long message that we started last week and we're going to wrap up tonight. And I hope that these are going to be helpful. I think they will. Here's the first one, most important, comes from verse 16. Here's our first point. A heart change can lead to a name change, okay? A heart change can lead to a name change, okay? Listen, when Ruth began to say, your God is my God, your town, my town, your place, my place, Ultimately, what she's identifying is that she has left behind her old God or her old ways and is choosing now to walk with the God, the same God that we, hopefully in this room, are serving today. That was her verbal commitment to what had happened internally between first her and God. All right, now, when Ruth makes this commitment, did you notice how how serious it was? I mean, these words were strong and bold. If you've ever had someone say this to you, you'd be like, okay, you'll go with me wherever I'm going. No doubt about it. Let's do this, all right? Hopefully it'll be your spouse one day and that would be awesome, okay? And so we see this, this commitment come to life. Now, as I'm looking at this, what I realized is one of the key points, and we've known this, we say this, and we can't say it enough. Listen, if you in your heart, are not right with God, if you in your soul, if you want to take it one step deeper, are not right with God, you are not ready to step into a relationship. And some of you right now are like, yes, amen, agree, totally. Others of you are like, I'm still wrestling with that. And some of you are like, you're an idiot. Get on to the other stuff. But let me show you why. Let me show you why, just for a minute. I'm just going to give you a glimpse. Here's the first thing. All of us, and this is something you may still be wrestling with, all of us were created by God. He created you. And we talk about this all the time. There's no accidents. There's no one like you. This is by God's design. God created you. God created me. When God created us, he wasn't just going down a line and saying, oh, here's one. We'll put them off to the side. We'll see what happens. Maybe they'll figure it out. No, as he's creating this story, the big story of God, using you and I to move the story forward, God created each and every one of us, and it was with this idea. If he or she, if he or she will latch on to who I am and what I want to do with their life, their future is going to be exciting. Not perfect. Don't get that wrong. Not perfect, but exciting. But did you notice what it said? I'm I'm speaking for him, but did you notice that? If. He or she will get aligned with me. If he or she, listen, this is a very important principle you and I cannot miss. God loves you so much that he doesn't make you love him. He extends his hand, his heart, and his life to you in hopes that you would take it. That's how God works. It wouldn't be love if he forced us all to love him, would it? Alright, we use this all the time. If we're in a relationship. This is perfect. You're standing at the altar and you look at your wife and she goes, Really don't love you, really don't want to be here, but I got no choice. So let's do this. Where's the ring? <laughs> Dudes are like, oh, weeping, Hallmark, this is amazing. What a great night. No, nobody wants that. No, no, no. We want to stand across from our spouse, our senior, and say, no, I am choosing you among all these other losers. I mean, all these other people. I choose you. You are the one I want to walk with. You are the one I want to follow. You are the one I want to lead. I am ready. It's a different world. And God does the same thing. Now, we can get frustrated about that because the truth is life is hard, and following God is not easy. All right, And if you thought it was, you're in the right place to hear the truth, and you're going to walk out a little disappointed because it ain't easy. It is not easy to follow the Lord, and especially in a world like this with a bunch of sinful people that make mistakes all the time, including you and I, by the way. It's a hard world, it's a hard life to follow the Lord. But, when we walk with him, it's amazing how not everything is perfect, but he just starts working out these details. When I started walking with the Lord, that's when I found my wife, can I just tell you a secret? When I wasn't walking with the Lord, that's where I found a bunch of trouble. I mean, you can connect the dots however you want, but I think it's pretty obvious. So my encouragement to you, number one, here's the second part of this, though. Not only did God create you, he has purpose for you, he knows what's best for you. Not only is that good to have when you're getting ready to take this big step and step into a relationship, the other thing is, listen, if your person, okay, across the table isn't following the Lord and being affected by his relationship with them, okay, you're going to have trouble down the road, Okay, now let this process for a minute, okay? So if, let's just say, ladies, you meet this guy. He's cute, he's athletic, he's rich, he's, I don't know, what else, what else? I don't know, is that all? Smart, I should have led with that. Sorry, back up. Smart, <laughs> athletic, rich, good-looking. Okay, I get it, I get it. I' y'all thought about this too much, okay? But let's just say he's all of that wrapped in a pretty little bow, But there's one thing that you notice. He doesn't seem to be walking with the Lord. Now, maybe he even goes to church, sits in the chair, says amen, sings a song, raises the little glow stick, right? He, He does those little things. But the truth is, you look at his life and you know, like, man, he's, I'm not sure he's walking with, I don't see God really changing him. Did you know that when you became a Christian? Every couple months or so, every week, really every day, but ultimately every couple weeks, every year, you should really look back in your life and go, wow, I have really grown this year. That's how God works. I mean, we should be constantly growing. All the way until the day you die, you're going to be growing. Even when you're 99, you're going to be sitting in your little recliner, holding down on what you're going to be doing, trying to sip through a straw. And you're going to still be growing because until the day we die, God is still working on us. But if you look at this guy or this girl and you go, I don't see God working in their life, let me tell you where you're going to have trouble. When you get three, four, five, ten years into marriage, and you start needing them to become a father, to become a leader in the home, to become a wife that can be nurturing and understanding and can help men. When you need all of those things, you know what you're going to start doing? You're going to start nagging. You're going to start start just pressing I need you to do this, I need you to do this, I, need you to, I made you a list, I'll make you a digital list, I'll text it, I'll email it, I'll put it on Snapchat, I don't care. I'll do whatever you need, I need you to do these things, and you're going to get frustrated, and then you know what's going to happen? There's going to be some dissension that eventually leads to some separation, it doesn't always even equal divorce, but... When you can meet someone that truly has a relationship with God, is walking with him, and he is working in their life, you won't, not that they're going to be perfect, you're not going to have to worry the same about them developing and growing and becoming a better husband and a better father and all that will come, because as they walk with God, those things are going to naturally happen. Does this make sense? And so we've got to really evaluate where is God in this equation? And some of us are looking for the name change, but we haven't experienced a heart change and we wonder where it's falling apart. And this is it. I could go on. But I, won't. I will say one more thing. Actually, well, I'm not trying to be funny. I wasn't going to talk about this, and, and, uh, but I need to tell you something. So this whole week, there's been different instances that I can't share details about right now, but there's been three different instances in my life that have been taking place and just situations, but there's one in particular that has to do with marriage. And, uh, and it's funny, as soon as I hear one story, I hear another. And so back-to-back, back, these, these stories, started with one, ended up with two, where these guys, and I'm not going to pick on the guys, I'm just going to use these stories. These guys have been married for years, seem to be model families, everything's going well, they come to church, their kids are involved, they do all these things, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, they're filing for divorce. And you get in with them, and you start talking, and trying to figure out, hey, what what happened? It's just confusing. I thought things were looking good. What's going on? And, And what the wife will tell you is that, you know, I tried to be patient. I was trusting that something would happen, but my husband just never seemed to snap out of it. He he wasn't the father. He wasn't the husband. He wasn't engaged. He wasn't loving me. He wasn't taking care of me. He was just busy with work and busy with life. And he just and I, I tried and I waited years. I waited. I waited. And then finally, I just said, "Enough is enough. I can't do it anymore." And I filed for divorce. And you know what happens? The husbands. And this is many stories. Now the husbands come running back. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please, please don't leave, right? And we'll pause there with divorce because we're not going into all that subject right now. But they're begging, they're begging, and then they get mad at the wife, or they get mad at the husband because they came back and they, they still want to move forward with the divorce, and you go, something's off here. Listen, when you wait that long until something has to happen to get your attention, sometimes it's just too late. And so what I'm saying to you, I'm I'm trying to give you real life stuff here that may not click in this moment, but I need you to see the future because I am telling you, if you will walk with God and let him mold you and shape you, number one, you will look far more attractive to the opposite sex than you do right now. But number two, you will be much better marriage material. And I can't promise that every marriage is going to work out, though I pray that it would and that you would fight through and work through all the time never quit But the reality is if you are walking with God, he will not let you have these kind of areas that are this destructive in a family go forward. He will be pressing. Now what you do with it will be up to you. Do you see how this works? And so it's for us, but it's also when you look across the table because if you don't see him or her walking with the Lord and changing and growing, you should backtrack seriously because it's dangerous. We have to have a heart change. And here's the beautiful thing. Uh, When I started doing the married ministry recently, uh, I got to be honest, we should cut the tape now. Uh, it's way harder. You know why? Because I can't yell at them like I can you. <laughs> now, now wait, let me finish. I can't tell them, well, if he's not cutting it, drop him like a hot rock. Get the- out of there. Come on. Don't do that again. Run for the hills. He's a loser. He's a fallen Lord. Stop! Because once you're married, you are in a covenant relationship. And I remember thinking, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And I got in and I was like, I can't do this. What do I say? I mean, I can point out all the things you should have done, but we're here now and it's covenant marriage, not contract marriage. So there's no way out. And that's by God's glory and design. Wow. But here's what I can tell you. It is not too late. You are sitting in this chair right now. It is not too late. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. While you're single, you can figure all this junk out so you're not weeping and crying the rest of your life in marriage because you didn't figure it out before. You see that? Starts with the heart change. That was supposed to be a really short point. I apologize. Thanks, Ben, for keeping it short tonight. It's gonna to be awesome. Number two, past mistakes don't have to be repeated mistakes. Now, Ruth latched on to Naomi And they began the journey over to Bethlehem. We'll talk about that in a second. They began the journey. Why? Well, one, because Ruth started a relationship with Naomi and they became close. They they were family by blood, but they became close. And she wanted to walk with her. But also, think about it. She didn't want to go back to the old life. And hopefully that's an example of us. When people hang out with us, they see Christ in us. Remember the light of Christ in the video? They see Christ in us and they just are drawn to us. They don't understand it always, but they see something in us that just draws them. Hopefully that's how it is for you and I when we're out into the world. But as Ruth was hanging with Naomi and seeing who she was and where she came from, you just gotta get the sense that she was just drawn in to wanna know more about it. But what she saw is, I don't wanna go back to the old life. I don't wanna go back to that old area. I don't wanna go back to the old God. I wanna go to your God. Because it's your God that's showing me something different. She didn't want to go back. She also realized that, hey, the men, uh, maybe some of these men weren't such wise decisions, and I don't want to make that same mistake again. Anybody been there? All right. Don't raise your hand about this one. Uh, Can I just say, has anybody ever said, I will never date someone like that again? And then a couple months later, you're like, how did I do that again? Anybody? Go ahead. You raise your hand. All right. All of us. All right. And you're like, how did that even happen? I vowed I would never date a loser just like you and your replica standing right here and he's even worse. It makes no sense to me right now. Here's why. You ready? Because we're not paying attention and we're not learning from our mistakes. One of the greatest gifts God gives us is that we screw up. You're a screw up. I'm a screw up. You're a screw up. I'll stop there so that you win. You're more of a screw up than me, but we're all screw ups. I'm just kidding. We're all screw ups. But listen, if we don't learn from these opportunities God's given us, these opportunities are the mistakes. Guess what? We're gonna be the same person we were back then and we're gonna end up being drawn to the same person that caused problems for us in the future. And last week I told you sometimes you're the problem. I'm letting off that a little bit this week. I'm saying sometimes it is them. But if we don't learn from our mistakes, it was wasted time. And the thing is, here's here's the secret. God loves you so much he'll let the same thing happen because he wants you to learn a lesson. So when you go through pain in your life, this is a side free bonus thing right here. When you go through pain in your life, learn the lesson the first time so God doesn't allow it to happen again because he loves you to want to learn the lesson. Just learn it. pay attention, open your eyes, and don't be, God, why did you let this happen? And why this, and why this? Say, okay, is it that you want me to see because this is a tragedy right now. This situation, this relationship, this whatever, this this job was a tragedy. Please let me see what I needed to see because I don't want to go through that again. A loving God, make sure we learn those lessons. Don't make the same mistakes we made before. Number three, the outcome is better when we do it together. Now, I wanted to focus on this for a minute. Naomi and Ruth take this journey. Now, this journey wasn't a short journey. This would have been a one to two week walk. Anybody signing up for that? Yeah, somewhere 40, 50 miles, somewhere in that range hard, range, hard to tell exactly. But they would walk this, two single girls walking 50 miles. And nobody's parents sign you up for that, and neither are you, and I probably wouldn't either, okay? This is a journey, but they do it together. They do it together. And here's the thing. Listen, do you think the journey was hard? You bet the journey was hard. It, it was very difficult, but while they were walking Okay, they were continuing to develop this relationship. Now, some of us, we get frustrated with other people when it comes to relationships because we want them to see things the way we see them, All right? So, just an example, maybe this never happened to you. Have you ever brought a new girl to the, let's let's, let's pick on the guy, brought a new guy and you want to introduce him to your friend? And you're so excited, you cannot wait to hear what they think. And you bring them in, and you tell them to dress up nice and make sure you pay. And they walk in, and they do all these things at the coffee shop or wherever it was. And then they leave, and you're so excited. And you look at your friend, make up her name, Shelby. And you say, Shelby, what did you think? And Shelby pauses for a minute. And now you're getting nervous. I thought it would just spew out, but okay. You're waiting. Shelby pauses. She Savannah, you know I love you. I don't think he's a good fit. And in a, in a perfect world, you know what we do? We'd go, really? Okay, let's talk about this. Tell me why. You know what? I, should I go dump it now? Like, I'll chase him down right now. But do you know what happens for some of us? What happens? You don't understand. (laughs) You don't see him the way I see him. And you know what? You're right. Because you're infatuated. You can't see anything straight. Your friend is a gift from God saying, it doesn't matter how good he looks. He doesn't even look that good anyway. But it doesn't matter how good he looks. I am telling you the things you need to be careful of. I can already see them. I see things in him that makes me nervous. I'm not telling you to dump him today. I'm just saying you need to be careful. But, oh, what do we do? We clam up. We get frustrated. You don't understand. You don't know. You don't. mm -mm. Oh, you're just jealous. Oh, you want to get on a date with him. That's what it. Really, that's what. And we start finding all these things. Listen, we have a little fun with it because we can understand. But here's the truth. One of the greatest gifts God's given you is the people that are walking with you. It is truly one of the greatest gifts. And and God gives you those people so that you can keep your life in check. And that involves your relationships too. If you are the only one that thinks he or she is a good idea, it's probably not a good idea. Could it be possible, maybe on some far-off planet over there that we haven't found yet, but in real life, if everyone says it's a problem, it's probably going to be a problem. So just embrace that. But understand that when we walk this journey together, you typically have a better outcome. So trust that. Trust your process. Trust the people that you're walking with, because it will make a difference. And by the way, this is just a free, I actually wrote bonus down on my notes here. Um, How they treat others is a really good indication of how they're going to treat you, okay? So let's think about this for a minute. So guys, how you treat your mom is how you're going to treat her. And some of you are like, no, you don't understand, man. You didn't live with her for like 10 years. I mean, seriously, this is no, listen. Maybe at the beginning, you'll treat her extra well because you're just trying to impress her and keep her. But once that ring goes on and you become to get comfortable, just like you did with mom, isn't it funny that we're harshest to the people closest to us? Why do you think that is? It's not because we're actually meaner to It's because we let down all of the barriers, all of the, the facades that we put on because we just always wanna be happy, wanna make everybody happy. When you're at home, you're like, I don't care if you're happy, mom. The dinner was cold. I was kidding. If you ever say that, don't, don't say it, especially to your wife. But guys, how you treat your mom just historically is what we're gonna see. And so ladies, you need to watch that. Like don't, don't tell them you're watching it and if they're in here, we already blew that. But <laughs> don't send this podcast to anyone. Just keep this one to yourself. And when you go over to his house, you watch how he talks to his mom. And, and maybe not the first time because right at the first time, hey mom, everything's good, Right? Like, give it some time and watch how he talks to her when he picks up the phone when it's inconvenient. Watch how he talks to her when, when he thinks you're maybe not paying attention. It'll be a really good indication. It's not perfect, but it'll be a really good indication how he's gonna treat you. And ladies, it's the same. How you talk to your dad or a male figure like that in your life will be a really good indication. This was one of the things that I fell in love with Sarah over. The way she talked about and talked to her dad, I, I can't really put words, but it was just one of those things that I thought, wow, if she talks to me with that kind of respect and that kind of just, I, I don't, I would be honored. I would be honored. And I'd never, I'll be honest, I've never seen that before in the past relationships i would had. I'd never seen that before. I'd never really seen a healthy father-daughter relationship, okay? And I know for some of us, that's, that's a tough thing, okay? So I'm not saying this is a perfect system, but it, it's usually pretty accurate. So consider that. But even their friends, when no one's paying attention, how they treat them. It'll be a pretty good indication of how they're going to treat you. Here's the last one. And I just wanted to end with this because I think this is important. And really, this connects to last week. As they're on this walk, um, the walk can be hard, but it also builds strength. Just a little point to wrap your mind around it. This this walk they went on, right? One to two weeks, 40, 50 miles, two single girls on foot. Maybe they had an animal, but still none of us are taking this journey. But as they made this walk, they built these qualities together, but they got stronger for it. Listen, for those of us that are single, which is all of us in this room, really, until you have a ring on it, uh, but for all of us that are single, listen, we talked about this last time. I'm going to say it again. Please don't get frustrated. Okay? Now, afterwards, I forget who I was talking. I was talking to somebody afterwards, and they were just digging in there, asking more questions about this. Like, like what do you mean about just be, like, be patient and trust? Because I... I've been patient and I'm ready to be done being patient. I'm ready for the next thing, right? And then I'm talking to somebody else and, and it reminded me of some point because last time I said, sometimes it's you. Sometimes you're the problem and I'll say that again. Sometimes the reason you're single is you, okay? Just write that down again so you have it twice. But sometimes it's not you. Sometimes it's them. Sometimes it's them. Sometimes God is still working on them and his love for you is protecting you from finding them before they're ready in his eyes to be presented in front of you so i say this all the time if sarah had met me four years prior i would not have been the perfect person i I wouldn't have been material for her i'd have been prayer material for her but i would not have been dating relationship material for her I just wouldn't have been. I was in a totally different season of life. And let, get two things from that. One, uh, God protected us by not allowing us to even cross paths before it was too late. But number two, uh, there's probably hope for you. Listen, there are people that still, every once in a while, will pop on one of these videos or podcasts, or whatever, from my high school days, and they'll just be like, you're such a liar. What a loser. You were horrible in high school. I, you, how is this even possible? Even my brother one time, early on when I just started, he was like, so, um, like, do you, do you really like mean what you say or is it? And I'm like, dude, come. that's the kind of, when you build roots like that that are negative, they're hard to break, right? It's hard to break. But here's the thing. What God has done just in my life, it could be encouragement for all of us. That what once was a man that should have been potential for no one could come across someone like Sarah. And can I tell you all another secret? When I met Sarah and, and was making, and I, I, I practiced most of the things that I preached, I'm not perfect, but I practiced most of the things I And one of the things I said was, I'm not gonna get into a relationship with her unless I know that we could be potential for marriage. I tell you all that all the time. I think that's important. If you couldn't marry them, There's no need to move forward. You're just wasting both your time. And so I almost didn't date Sarah. Do you know why? Ready for this? Because I really felt like she knew the Bible better than I did. And I didn't feel like I could spiritually lead her if she knew the Bible better than me. Now, that was something I had to wrestle with. We came to a conclusion that helped me get an understanding. But that's how serious I took this. I wasn't about to lead her astray. I needed her to be able to, to pull up with me, and I could lead her wherever we needed to go. This is serious stuff, right? And so I think about this, and I say, man, if, if a guy that had no, no reason or, or uh, there was no reason for anyone to be with him could now find someone like Sarah, listen, there is hope for you. But for some of you, the greatest thing that's happened is your singleness right now so that you can get some things right or... That amazing hunk of a man is waiting right around the corner. Don't look left and right right now. Right around the corner. (laughs) And God is shaping, shifting, fixing, molding him to get him just right or to get her just right for you. Not perfect, but just right. And we've got to be patient in that. And while we're in our singleness, let that build our character, our strength, and our maturity. Now listen, some of you, every time I talk about this, you like get angry. I hate it when he talks about this. This is the stupidest thing. We're supposed to all be married, let's do it now. Trust the process, trust the process. And listen, for those of you that are in a relationship right now and you wanna be married, listen, trust the process, trust the process. You may have found the man or found the woman but it's not time yet, trust the process. That is God's gift to you. And if you'll be patient, you'll be grateful. And when you're grateful, You'll stay in a proper perspective of the future. When I, uh, when I think back on my single days, because after this, we're going to start talking about finding people and all that stuff that you all really want to hear about. But the most important thing is what we're talking about right now. And when I remember my single days, I remember coming to a place, and some of you need to hear this. I remember coming to a place where I said, you know what? I don't care if I ever find someone. I had so, so, uh, messed up so many relationships. I was so frustrated with just where I was and how I viewed girls. And I, I just, I was so messed up there that I just said, you know what? I like Paul. I'm pretty sure, I'm still, now the more I study the Bible, I'm like 90% sure he stayed single his whole life. But anyways, I, I look at Paul and I go, dude, he had it together. I mean, minus the beatings, the prison, the shipwreck and all that. I mean, he had a, an epic life And he was single. And I remember thinking, like, I could be, like, maybe I'm the next Paul. And then God crushed me, like, right there, and and I didn't think that again. (laughs) But I remember thinking, you know what, I really, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay. Because you know what happened at that point? I had started serving the Lord, following the Lord. I started seeing him use me to do things in, in people's lives, and it was really encouraging. So I got to a place where I said, okay, you know what happened? I'm I'm telling you the truth, okay? I can't lie up here. God will strike me with lightning. Not but maybe two months later, two months later, I walked down here. I was upstairs, up in my office. I was doing some stuff, and I was going to come down and help one of the youth events. And I walked down into the lobby, and guess who's standing there? Sarah. I didn't know we were going to get married at the time. Wish I could say I did. She wasn't that interested. Whatever. She was confused. It's okay. (laughs) Just kidding. But it was the moment that I said, I'm okay. I don't need this, but I'll take it, Lord, if you're ready. I'll take it when you're ready. The moment I let go, I was ready to receive. And there may be some of us here, we are clinging on so tight to this idea of wanting to find someone or to be someone or to get married or whatever it is. And for some of you, it just got to let go so that God can actually bring what he needs. Listen. Trust the process and trust the Lord who loves you and wants what's best for you. Trust that. He loves you. He loves you.